Hi, this is the official podcast of Riverside International Church in Lisbon. Riverside is an international, contemporary, caring, and Christ-centered community. Our vision is to significantly impact the country of Portugal and the regions beyond with the gospel. Thank you for listening to us, and we hope that your life will be impacted by these teachings. God bless. In March, we're entering a new message series as usual, and the name of it is Characters. Characters. It's going to be about true characters of the Bible, true stories. And one thing that you have, you can learn about me is that I love true stories. I'm not a fan of fantasy. Ogres, elves, wizards, Lord of the Rings, that kind of movie. Sorry, not into it. You can leave now if that's really offensive to you, but I'm really not a fan. I love true stories. I, I love the fact that I, I can relate to this story knowing that it happened to someone. And I can engage with the story because it was, it is true. It really did happen. And I love that the Bible has some of the best and probably the best true stories that we can learn from. Stories that still impact us in the day of today. People that have lived through things uh, that I really, really wish, some of them that would never happen to me. But even if they did, I know that the same God that was with them is the same God that is with me and is able to help me. So hopefully today we're not just going to learn something about a character of the Bible, but we're going to learn about ourselves. And this morning we're going to focus in this character of the Bible named Samson. How many of you are familiar with Samson? Why are you familiar with him? What is big about him? His strength. He's probably the strongest man who has ever lived. But there's a sentence that I believe that summarizes this character very well. And this sentence is, Samson is an incredibly strong man with a dangerously weak will. And I think that we can understand that if you know a little bit of his story that we're going to unfold this morning. So we find the story of Samson in the book of Judges. And uh, Judges is a book that describes a very, very dark period in the history of Israel. Uh, once again, the Israelites were going against the will of God. They were being unfaithful to God. So God put them under the rule of the Philistines, their enemies. But an angel of the Lord appeared to a couple uh, who were unable to conceive, and the angel told them this. You will become pregnant and give birth to a son. He will be dedicated to God as a Nazarite from birth. He will begin to rescue Israel from the Philistines. And so Samson, this baby, was born. And from the beginning of his life, the Spirit of the Lord came upon him with so much strength that that is beyond anything that we can ever imagine. And the angel also said, I want him and your family to be dedicated to God as Nazarites. Now, what in the world is a Nazarite? This was essentially a way for a non-priest, for an ordinary person, to be set apart for the use and for the glory of God. And there were three vows that the Nazarites would follow to, um, to obey God. The first one is don't drink alcohol. It means no sagrish, no coronas, not talking about the virus. You know what corona is. It means no Portuguese wine with your meal. Your lips shouldn't touch alcohol at all. The second thing, 
don't touch anything dead. Don't ever touch anything that is unclean. And this is quite reasonable. I like this. I like this vow. But the third one is don't get your hair cut. Let your hair grow long. And I know a lot of single, peop- single ladies right now, and you're picturing this really amazing, strong, long-haired, godly man, right? Someone like Samson, you're probably picturing, I think, Jason Momoa, yeah? Chris Hemsworth, oh man, he gets no love. These guys, get, it's not about the looks, But some of you are like picturing him, but I don't want to spoil you with anything, but I think he probably looks a little bit more like this, okay? So, if he sparks an interest in you, I can get you his number as well, so. But the long hair, and let's take that out because otherwise you're not going to focus. The long hair was a visible sign, just like a wedding ring is a visible sign of a commitment, of a vow. And the Nazarites had this commitment to God. They should live set apart for the use and for the glory of God. That's a beautiful purpose to live for. And yet, with all of this God-given potential, he didn't stop making terrible life decisions one after the other. And I don't know about you, but I see this happen all the time. People that show so much potential, so much commitment, so much talent, so, so many amazing qualities, but in some other area of their lives, they are terribly, terribly uncommitted. They completely let everything fall apart. People that are so driven by their work, by their business to achieve that success, but they keep on neglecting their families. People that show so much talent in sports and fitness, but they're never available to come to church. People that take time and so much commitment to watch TV shows, watch movies, play an epic video game, but they can't find 15 minutes of their day to be in God's word to help them grow spiritually. And this is the reality many of us live in. So much potential, and yet at the same time, self-destructing behavior, one decision after the other. So why do people fail again and again and again? Samson's life shows us the three attitudes that make strong people weak. And the first one is lust. And now, what is lust? When we see something that we strongly desire, what do we think for our, to ourselves? I want it. I need to have it. This is supposed to be mine. I'm going to get it. And then it becomes lust when we recklessly pursue the wish and the desire that we led inside our hearts. And it can be in our career. It can be money, a new car, a sexual thrill, whatever it is. And when we focus on that, we completely lose sight of any logic. That is lust. That is the kind of attitude that um, makes strong people weak. And we're going to see Samson doing exactly this. So we're going to open in Judges chapter 14, verses 1 to 3. So now just to make this easier on me, Jamil, 1, 2, okay. 
Let's see if this reaches Jamil. And she's going to be our Bible reader for today. I don't know if it's going to. No, you have to come. Sorry. One day when Samson was in Timnah, one of the Philistine women caught his eye. When he returned home, he told his father and mother, a young, a young Philistine woman in Timnah caught my eye. I want to marry her. Get her for me. His father and mother objected. Isn't there even one woman in our tribe or among all the Israelites you could marry? They asked. Why must you go to the pagan Philistine and find a woman, find a wife? But Samson told his father, get her for me. She looks good to me. So Samson says, I, I saw it. I want it. She's good for me. So he left Zora, his hometown, and he traveled seven kilometers to this other city, Timnah, which was enemy territory. And he already knew that God said, you shall not intermarry with those who do not worship me. But still, at that moment, he looked at her and he said with all his heart, I don't care what God says. I don't care what, what my mom says. I don't care what my dad says. I don't care about what wisdom says. I don't care about what God says. I want her. I want this. This woman is just one of the many that Samson really lusted after. And one thing that you can know about Samson is that he spent most of his life in toxic relationships that constantly got him into trouble. The second the second attitude that makes strong people weak is entitlement. Entitlement is not only we want it, but deeply we believe that we deserve it. I work hard. I really have been slaving away. Nothing else is working out for me, so I need this. I deserve this. And we're going to read as he gets this attitude as well. In Judges 14, 5 to 6, Jamil. As Samson and his parents were going down to Timnah, a young lion suddenly attacked Samson near the vineyards of Timnah. At that moment, the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon him, and he ripped the lion's jaws apart with his bare hands. He did it as easily as if he were a young goat. Oh, wow. <laughs> I know that Samson was doing some pretty terrible life decisions at this point, but I'm sorry, man. This is awesome. <laughs> This is amazing, like ripping apart a lion with his bare hands, like this huge cat. Now, I, I, was, I was reading and preparing the message this week, and I completely uh, remembered when this week I was playing with Jade, and I was bringing to her this very uh, fluffy teddy bear like pink teddy bear to her. Uh, I just, I was just bringing the teddy bear to her because I just wanted her like to pet it and, and feel how the teddy was soft and play with it a little while. But all of a sudden, Jade, she just picks up like this really hard plastic toy and just smack the teddy bear in the head, like across the room. And I'm like, I'm weirdly proud of her. <laughs> She's gonna be a tough cookie. Now I just have to teach her how to do that to stupid men, and it's going to be good throughout the rest of my life. But sometime later after this, what did Samson do? And the Bible continues saying, Jamil. Later, when he returned to Timnah for the wedding, he turned off the path to look at the carcass of the lion, and he found that a swarm of bees had made some honey in the carcass. 
He scooped some of the honey into his hand and ate it along the way. He also gave some to his father and mother, and they ate it. But he didn't tell them he had taken the honey from the carcass of the lion. Now, one important detail that I love in the Bible, the Bible says he turned off the path to look. And this is when things start to get messy in our lives. When we have, we are on our way to something and we take our eyes out of the way we should be going. So as he got really close up to this ripped up dead lion, the Bible says that he scooped out the honey with his hands and he ate as he went along the way. Now, I know that men are able to do a lot more disgusting things than women. Science proves that. I don't, I don't think I need to convince you about this. What Samson did, I think it was a little bit too far. I know that men are able to pick up food from the ground and eat it without any problem, especially if no one else is looking. I think we're, we're going to do it. Men are capable of smelling underwear to see if they can use it a second time. Don't, don't give me that look. You know it's true. You know it's true. But this is something else. Like eating from a rotten, dead lion in the middle of the road. I, I don't want to do that. But the biggest problem with this is that what was he not supposed to touch? He wasn't supposed to touch dead things. He wasn't supposed to touch things that weren't clean. And what did he do? He touched it. He ate from it. And not only that, but he gave it to his parents who also had this vow. Now, he betrays a vow to the God that gave him the power to rip apart that lion. And for what? Just for a handful of honey. Now, we might question who would be stupid enough to betray God just for a handful of honey? But the answer is that we do it time and time again. We betray God for stupid, sinful things that might look attractive. And initially, they might even taste good, but they will hurt them, and they will hurt everyone around them too. The third attitude that makes strong people weak is pride. And pride thinks, I'm strong. I can handle this. I can do it. I can stop whenever I feel like stopping. Samson was also filled with pride, as we're going to read Judges 15, verses 14 to 15. As he approached Lehi, the Philistines came towards him shouting. The Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon him. Finding a fresh jawbone of a donkey, he grabbed it and struck down a thousand men. Okay, now we can again pause for a moment and just say, wow. Wow, a thousand men. This, this is never heard of at any point in history. Just one man being able to overcome a thousand men. And, and ladies, I'm going to give you an exclusive tour into the minds of men right now. Are you ready? Okay. Every now and then, every man in this room thinks about if they're capable of taking down other men, especially their friends. We constantly think about it. You know those times when you're speaking to us, but we're not really there. We're thinking about something else. This is what we're thinking about. We're thinking about taking down other men. If, if we got into a fight, who would win? 
And in these imaginary fights, nine times out of ten, we win. Because we're that good. We're that strong. So we would never lose in our imaginary fights. But what Samson did and his strength is like UFC on steroids times a thousand with God included. It's something that is mind-blowing. And Samson, obviously, he needs to give the credit to God. It's obvious that no man on earth could achieve these things all by himself. But what do we see Samson doing in verse 16? Samson said, with a donkey's jawbone, I have made donkeys of them. With a donkey's jawbone, I've killed a thousand men. You see a man completely taken over by pride. I have made donkeys of them. I have killed a thousand men. And the Bible says that pride comes before a fall. Pride is really a problem. And for many of us, even if we know that pride is not something good, we constantly think of ourselves, hey, look at me. Look what I've accomplished. Look how good I am. Look how talented I am. Look at how capable I am. And these are the three attitudes that make strong people weak. Lust, entitlement, and pride. But how did Samson fail the purpose why he was born? Samson didn't ruin his life all at once. Samson ruined his life one step at a time. And we're going to read in Judges 15, verse, verse, starting in verse 20. Samson led Israel for 20 years in the days of the Philistines. One day, Samson went to Gaza, where he saw a prostitute. He went in to spend the night with her. Samson lived 20 years making some of the worst decisions that he could have possibly made. But when we think that things couldn't gotten any worse, then the Bible says one day. Can you say one day? One day. One day is all it takes for someone to start making bad decisions with their lives. And Gaza was the headquarters of the Philistines. And again, a really dumb move. Samson decides to go for a stroll in enemy territory. And I did a little research, and I found out that from the place where Samson was living to Gaza was at least 40 kilometers. So Samson probably took 56,000 steps. 56,000 steps in order for him to reach that city. And how do most people ruin their lives? One step at a time. Now, we thinking about this at some of these steps, Samson could have gotten to the point of thinking, what am I doing? I should turn back. Why am I going to go into enemy territory? Why am I going to do this, you stupid fool? But no. Why didn't he do this? Why did he go to Gaza? Because Samson wasn't planning on messing up his life. I haven't met one person whose plan is to mess up their lives. I've never heard someone saying, my 10-year uh, plan is to be a drunkard, is to be a sex addict, is to be divorced, is to mess up my children, is to, is, is to be unemployed. You don't hear people saying that. Because we never plan these things to happen. But so many people with a good marriage, 
with a good career, with good children, with a good church community, with a good ministry even. They're willing to trade all of that for a quick high, a quick experience, a quick sexual hit. And when they start saying, I'm strong, I can handle it, I deserve this, I want it, step by step, one day they will wake up and they will lose everything. The second thing is that Samson kept downplaying the consequences of his actions. If you downplay the consequences, it means that you don't anticipate the cost of losing everything that you might have. Later in this story, he falls in love with this lady called Delilah. You see how you know this story? Another Philistine woman. This lady was by far the worst relationship he gotten himself into because Delilah was working with the Philistines in order to get Samson. Now, and when this was about to happen at the end, we read in, in verse uh, 20, Jamil. He awoke from his sleep and thought, I'll go out as before and shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had left him. This is a very, very hard verse to read. God was very patient with Samson. God is very patient with us. Very patient. But when you spend your life playing with fire, you will inevitably get burned. So he was so far in his own game that he didn't even realize that the Lord had already left him. And if you fast forward to the end of Samson's life, we're going we're gonna to see this really strong man, the strongest man who has ever lived with God-given strength, completely weak, with his, both his eyes gouged out, tied up, mocked, humiliated in front of over 3,000 people in a temple of a strange God. It doesn't get any worse than this. And if, you think of, if we think about the consequences of our sins, of our wrongdoings, you might not be in the same place as Samson had found himself into, but the taste of the feet because of sin is very, very bitter. Samson got to the point where he absolutely lost everything he ever had. He failed massively. And we know that people are capable of this. And it frightens me. It scares me so much to know that I may be taking steps not to be stronger and stronger in the Lord, but becoming weaker and weaker and weaker. If we allow these thoughts, I'm strong, I want it, I deserve it, I can handle this, these thoughts bring a person down. It would be terribly sad if the story of Samson ended up this way. But his condition right now raises a question that I believe that Samson also questioned himself at that point. What do you do when you realize that you've gotten 
to the point of no return? What do you do when you've done things that you can't do, when you're embarrassed by your actions, when you've hurt the people that you love, simply because you didn't do what God created you to do, when you didn't fulfill what, what God created you to be? And Samson's story will teach us something that I really hope that you will embrace this morning, that you will internalize with all your strength. It's the principle is just because you are down, it doesn't mean that you're a failure. Just because you are failing, it doesn't mean that you are a failure. And Samson is a guy who failed over and over and over and over and over and over again. And we haven't even got into the 10% of his life of all the wrong things that he decided to do. But when it seems like he has gotten too far, when God is, is not even possible for God to forgive him, much less to use him in this situation, but God was ready to write the final chapter of Samson's story. God didn't allow the last chapter of his story to be about sin and to be about defeat because Samson decided to turn to God. And there is something very powerful in this, and I hope that you, you understand this, that you hear this with your, not only with the ears of your head, but with the ears of your heart. There is power when you turn to God. There is power when you turn to God and, and you place all your hope in the God that you should be following. There are two, two responses to failure, only two possible responses. The natural response is remorse. And this is where a lot of people usually stop at, feeling sorry about themselves, feeling sorry about what, if, what they did. And sometimes this will uh, turn inwardly. It's going to thoughts like, I'm horrible. I'm the worst person who has ever lived. I have no future. I have no way of moving on. But sometimes it turns outwards into, I'm the victim here. This is all someone else's fault. This is all Delilah's fault, actually. She's the reason why I'm here. And, but remorse is never going to be the best reaction. The better response is repentance. And repentance says, says I own it. It's my fault. I blew it. It's not just saying that I didn't do what God entrusted me to do. Repentance means I'm turning away from what I did wrong, and I'm to turning towards what is right. I'm moving my way. I'm changing my steps. I'm moving from one situation into another that I know that God is in it. And I believe that at this point of his life, Samson remembers who he was created to be. Samson wasn't created to be the mockery of his enemies. You weren't created to be the mockery to people around you. You weren't created to dwell and to live in sin and to just take the consequences of your wrongdoings. You were created for the honor and the glory of God. We were created for the glory and the use of God. And God wants you to remind you of this. You have a bigger purpose. God has a bigger plan for your life. And it doesn't matter where you are at this morning. God is still the one that gives you purpose. God is still the one that gives you meaning. And I know that the enemy and your feelings will try to lure you into remorse, into feeling self-pity. 
But instead, you should choose to say, I'm not going to let what I did stop me from being who God wants me to be. I'm turning away from my sin, and I'm turning towards God. Just because you're down, it doesn't mean that you're out. You cannot change your past, but you can change your future. And let's watch as Samson realizes this. Now the rulers of the Philistines assembled to offer a great sacrifice to Dagon, their God, and to celebrate, saying, Our God has delivered Samson, our enemy, into our hands. When the people saw him, they praised their God, saying, Our God has delivered our enemy into our hands, the one who laid waste our land and multiplied our slain. Now the temple was crowded with men and women, and the rulers of the Philistines were there. And on the roof were about 3,000 men and women watching Samson perform. Then Samson prayed to pray to the Lord, Sovereign Lord, remember me. Please, God, strengthen me just one more time. Amen. And I love this once more. I love this prayer. I don't know if these were all the words that Samson prayed, but I love that he said once more. Because he messed up a thousand times. And he understood and he realized before God, God, I know I messed up a thousand times. But God, all I need from you is just one more chance. God, just one more time. Have mercy on me. Samson right now, he's completely broken. He has no plan B, plan C, plan D. It was all about God at this moment. It wasn't about him anymore. He lived his life self-centered, so selfish, but now it's all about God. Whatever time I have left, I want to honor you once more. And the Bible says in Judges, verses 29, 30 of chapter 16. Then Samson reached towards, towards the two central pillars on which the temple stood. Then he pushed with all of his might, and down came the temple on the rulers and all the people in it. Throughout his life, Samson could have used his amazing strength to deliver the people of Israel. The Philistines were cruel people. The, the people of Israel, they were just subdued to the Philistines because they were living in sin. They were living without God. And God intended Samson in his life to make a difference, to scare their enemies, to scare and, and so that the Philistines would know that there is a God in Israel. But because of Samson's behavior time and time again, he put the God that he served to shame. The Philistines were thriving. But at this point, at his final breath, God allowed Samson to fulfill the purpose why he was born. His purpose was to deliver the people of Israel. And this is probably a very drastic, a very hard situation. But still, Samson was able to fulfill the plan that God had in store for his life and deliver the people of Israel from abuse and from slavery. Sin makes strong people weak, but God makes weak people strong. And I want to invite the worship team to come.
And I don't know in your life what you have been allowing or what kind of sin or circumstances have dictated the moment that you find yourself right now into. It may be a question of lust or entitlement or pride. It can be played out in different things. It can be all about your career or all, all about sin, all about money, all about yourself even. But today is a moment and today is the time where you can say instead of saying I want it, you can start saying I want God. Instead of saying I want it, whatever this it is, you can start saying, I want God. I need God. I need God to forgive me. I need God to love me. I need God to, to correct my path and my journey. I need God to come through because otherwise I'm going to perish today. And as you close your eyes this morning, and you have, we want you to have a moment between God and yourself. And think about Samson's life. Think about the way that you've been living. Thinking about if you've been taking steps outside of God's will. And because of that, you've been tasting the bitterness that is to live outside of God's will for your life. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death. And that's what we deserve. I know that that's what I deserve. We don't deserve anything from God. God doesn't owe us anything. But when we realize that we are dead in our transgressions and sins, but God in His goodness, even though we were dead in our sins and we were still sinners, Christ came to die for our sins. Christ came to, came to be the Savior of our lives. And I don't know if you fully understand, if you fully realize what this is, but it simply means this, that God is giving you another chance. God is giving you another opportunity. He's going to clean those sins. He's going to clean everything that is messed up right now in your life. And he wants to give you a new opportunity to live with him and for him. Just like he did with Samson. And I pray that you and I, we will be sensitive to God at this moment. As we close our eyes, may we pray. Lord, thank you for the love that you have for me. Thank you for the purpose that you set for my life. Thank you that you are a good God that is always in control, that is so loving and, and giving and faithful even though I do not deserve. But Lord, you know that I've been taking steps that I shouldn't be taking, that I've been putting myself in situations where I shouldn't. And you know that this path is not going to let me go into life everlasting, but to eternal defeat and death. Lord, please help me Lord, please accept my life as broken as it is, as messed up as it is. I choose you this morning. 
I choose to go and, and have completely abandon my sin and my sinful attitude. And I choose you. Choose your love. Choose your purpose. Choose your forgiveness. Choose your power to say no to sin so that I can live for you. Lord, we want to thank you for your love this morning. We want to say how grateful we are for your word and everything that your word teaches us. And I pray, Lord, that this morning as we, we sing to you, as we continue to be in your presence, Father, that you will convict us of what needs to be changed in us. Lord, many times we are broken. Many times we don't have anything to offer anymore. And some people here this morning feel exactly like this. There is nothing left. But Lord, you are the one that is able to make us whole again. You are the one that is able to give a purpose and restore us with your love and with your grace and with your mercy. So Lord, please speak to us. Continue to minister to our hearts this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. We hope that God has touched your heart with the message that he wants to tell us. If you would like to be updated with the things that are happening in our church, you will follow us on Facebook and Instagram by searching for Riverside Lisbon. Thank you for listening.